Chapter 4 The next morning, Elsie was waiting for me at the school gate. As soon as she saw me, she pushed through the crowd of girls entering the schoolyard and ran across the street to meet me. Were your parents angry about the doll? I didn't tell them. I knew you wouldn't tattle. Elsie seized my hand and swung it as we crossed the street. Your parents must be rich. All the things you have in the big house you live in. I'm so glad we're friends. While the other students pushed past us laughing and talking, Elsie pulled me aside. I got in trouble for coming home late. Papa whipped me and Hilda sent me to bed with no supper. But that's not the worst of it. She tightened her grip on my hand, and we walked up the school steps together. The other girls were inside, and she paused at the door to look me in the eye. As part of my punishment, Papa says I can't go anywhere for a week. That means you and I won't be able to play at your house till next Monday. Oh, that's too bad. I tried to sound truly disappointed, but not very deep inside. I was so happy I could have danced into our classroom. Elsie's eyes narrowed with suspicion. Maybe you're glad you won't have to share your toys with me, she said in a low, whiny voice. <clears throat> Maybe you don't want to be best friends after all. With a scowl on her face, she shoved the heavy door, the heavy school door open, darted inside, and let the door slam in my face. I stood where I was for a moment, stunned. What kind of friend was Elsie? She ruined my doll. She slammed a heavy door in my face. What would she do next? The bell rang as I tugged the door open. In all my years at Fairfield, I had never been late. This was only my second day at Pierce, and I was tardy. It seemed nothing was going well for me at my new school. Alone and afraid, I walked down the empty hallway. By the time I reached the door, I saw the girls standing for the Lord's Prayer. Ignoring their turned heads and watchful eyes, I tiptoed into the cloakroom to hang up my coat. Girls, Miss Harrison said, we shall wait until Annie Brown decides to join us for the Lord's Prayer. Humiliated, I slunk to my desk and stood beside it. So flustered, I barely remembered the words of the prayer. After we pledged our allegiance to the flag and prayed for the soldiers, Miss Harrison beckoned to me. Aware of the eyes tracking me, I walked to her big oak desk and waited with my head down. Do you have an excuse for being tardy, Annie? I felt Elsie staring at my back, her eyes like drills, daring me to say that she had slammed the door. No, ma'am. I'll forgive you this time. After all, it's your second day with us, and you were only a few minutes late. She hesitated. But I'll keep you in for recess today. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. I returned to my seat. It may sound strange, but I was happy to miss recess. I hadn't enjoyed walking around the playground with Elsie yesterday, and I was sure to enjoy it even less today. For the rest of the week, I dreaded recess because my classmates continued to link me with Elsie. They disliked me. I watched them play onesies and foursquare. I watched them jump rope. I watched them chase one another and swing and seesaw, all the things I love to do. But Elsie kept my hand in hers and never gave me a chance to approach them. You're my best friend. She squeezed my hand so hard I winced. You and me, best friends forever. Rosie ran past us laughing. Lucy and Eunice chased her, but she outran both of them. Grabbing an empty swing, she stood on the seat and pumped herself higher and higher. It looked as if she would go right over the top. 
Eunice took a swing from another girl and tried to go higher than Rosie, but she never got close. Elsie gave me a hard nudge with her elbow. Why are you watching that stupid show off? Rosie chose at that moment to launch herself out of the swing and into the air. She landed in the dirt, but got up laughing. She had ripped the knees of her stockings. Dare you to jump, she yelled at Eunice. Eunice let the swing slow before she jumped. Even so, she sat down when she landed. I hate both of them, Elsie muttered. Especially Rosie. I wish she had broken her leg. It would have served her right. Don't you agree, Annie? I shrugged. Elsie took my hand and led me from away from the swings. Girls shouldn't do things like that. They could hurt their insides. I wasn't sure what Elsie meant, but I hoped she was wrong. I'd been jumping out of swings for years, and as far as I knew, my insides were fine. On Monday, the very day she had allowed she had been allowed to visit me, Elsie didn't come to school. When I noticed her empty seat, my heart flipped. I held my breath while Miss Harrison called roll. If Elsie didn't show up, I was free to be on my own at recess. The thought scared me dizzy. Without my hand in Elsie's and her mouth against my ear whispering things about them, would the girls see me differently? At recess, I delayed going to the cloakroom by sharpening my pencils, all five of them, even the ones that didn't need it. By the time I made my appearance on the playground, everyone was swinging or seesawing or gathered in groups, whispering secrets and laughing. Sure, they were talking about me. I joined uh, the crowd gathered around Rosie. She was bouncing a red rubber ball, and the girls were chanting, Six, seven, eight, nine O'Leary, ten, eleven, twelve O'Leary, with every bounce. Rosie swung her leg over the ball and caught it and bounced it again. One, two, three, O'Leary was one of my favorite games at Fairfield. In fact, I was playground champion. I itched to take a turn when Rosie missed. Inching forward, I watched her closely. She was good, but no better than I was. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, O'Leary, the girls chanted. Rosie bounced and swung her leg, bounced, swung her leg, and finally, twenty-seven, O'Leary, the sole of her shoe grazed the ball and she missed. The crowd of girls cheered and someone started singing, For she's a jolly good fellow, for she's a jolly good fellow. With her face flushed and her blouse untucked, Rosie threw her arms up in the air and laughed. Let's see if someone can beat that. Before I could think about what I was doing, I stepped into the circle surrounding Rosie. I can. A soul-killing silence fell. The girls stared at me and they began whispering to one another. Where's your twin sister today? Rosie asked. I shrugged and looked at the ground. I had made a mistake, but if I walked away now... They'd never be friends with me. Ooh, Eunice said, get away from me. You have Elsie's germs. Cooties, Lucy shouted. Annie has cooties, just like fat Elsie. The girls all backed away, holding their hands over their mouths and noses. Oh, let her try. Rosie tossed me the ball. Let's see how far you get. I missed the ball because I hadn't expected her to throw it. The girls laughed and drew around Rosie and me in a circle. She'll be out after one, two, three, Eunice said. Give her a chance, Jane said. <clears throat> of all the girls in my class, she was the sweetest. I'd never heard her say a mean word, not even to Elsie. I smiled at her, and she smiled back. Okay, I said to myself, I can do this. I'll pretend I'm at Fairfield, and these girls are my friends. Concentrating hard, I bounced the ball and began. At first, I was the only one chanting, but by the time I got to 10, 11, 12 O'Leary, Jane and a few of the others had joined me. 
The sound of their voices encouraged me, and on I went. When the count was 19, 20, 21, everyone was chanting. The count reached 27, and still I hadn't missed. On I went, past Rosie, all the way to 33 before I failed to catch the ball. I watched it bounce into the crowd and disappear. For a moment, everyone stared at me in disbelief. If I'd expected them to cheer or sing for Annie's a jolly good fellow, I'd have been disappointed. I call for a rematch. Eunice picked up the ball and tossed it to Rosie. Rosie caught it, but turned to me with a grin. Good job, Annie Brown. Maybe we can have a rematch some other time. Okay, I smiled at her. Before I could say anything else, the bell rang and we lined up at the school door. Jane touched my hands. My hand. You were really good, she said. I can never get past ten O'Leary's. It just plain wears me out to swing my leg over the ball. Oh, I played it all the time at my old school. It's always been one of my favorite games. I like jacks, Jane said, and pick-up sticks and tiddlywinks, games you sit down and play. I don't get so tired. They're fun, too. How come you never played games at recess before, Rosie asked. I hadn't noticed her standing behind me. On my first day, Elsie made friends with me, and she doesn't like games. But I do. Rosie looked at me. Who would you rather be friends with, Elsie or me? My face turned red. You, of course. We, li- we linked pinky fingers and laughed. And that's how easy it was to toss Elsie aside and become part of Rosie's gang. Every day after that, I dreaded Elsie's return to school. I didn't know what she'd do when she saw me running around playing with Rosie and her gang. Truthfully, I'd been a little scared of her since she had ruined Antoinette. And the way she talked about her parents and the other girls in our class, even the timid ones like Jane, who never did anything to her. What would she do to me when she found out I'd betrayed her? The next week, Elsie showed up at the school gate. Her nose was red and running, and she had a balled-up hanky in her fist. When she saw me, she began coughing loudly and dramatically. Oh, Annie, she said, I've been so sick. I thought you'd come and see me. I swear I had such a high fever, the doctor said I was at death's door. I have a delicate constitution, you know. Grabbing my hand with the same hand that held the germy handkerchief, she said, I've missed you so much. But we can go to your house after school today and play with your dollhouse. That will make me feel so much better. Do you think maybe your mother will fix hot chocolate and give us cookies again? While Elsie prattled away, I grew more and more desperate. What was I to do? What was I to say? She thought we were still friends. She thought I wanted her to come to my house and probably destroy my dollhouse. But she was wrong. She was never coming to my house again. Besides, I had made plans to go to the candy store with Rosie and Jane after school. And then Rosie was beside me, grinning at Elsie. Look who's back. I was hoping I'd never see your fat, ugly face again. Elsie moved closer to me. Leave me alone, Rosie O'Malley. I'm still weak from being sick. If you come any closer, I'll tell Miss Harrison. Ooh, you and your big bad cooties. Elsie... Rosie gave Elsie a little push. Elsie began to cough again. I'm telling, I'm telling. She grabbed my hand and started pulling me toward the school steps. Let go of Annie. Rosie slapped Elsie's hand. In case she has, you haven't noticed, she is my friend now. Elsie stared at me. Her nose was running over her mouth. Two thick yellow streams of germs. That can't be true, Annie. Without answering, I ran across the street with Rosie. Charge! Rosie yelled as we dashed up the school steps. Charge the hill! 
I didn't look back, but I imagined Elsie standing alone on the street, her nose running, watching me, her supposed best friend forever deserting her. I thought I'd feel worse than I actually did, but truly it was a relief to be rid of Elsie. No more damp hand-holding mine. No more whining and complaining. No more visits to my house. I was free of Elsie forever.